The Whistleblower Report, exposing lies, deceptions, and all that has assaulted our way of life. We must take back our freedom and live as God designed in a free America that honors our Constitution and our Creator. Our experts in medicine, ministry, law, military, environment, and education empower us to grow together as a nation. For such a time as this, the Whistleblower Report offers truth and solutions. Welcome to the Whistleblower Report Military Segment. This is Dr. Lee for America here on America Out Loud Talk Radio Network. And I am joined today by three military experts who are going to be talking about America under attack. Drones, dioxin and trains, and more as we discuss the big picture and connect the dots for all of you listening out there who are only getting pieces of the puzzle from the mainstream media or even some of the alternative media are not really able to connect the dots from the big picture that as a physician and as our military officers can bring to you. We have Major Mike Gary, 25 years in the service. He is a chemical, biological, radiology, radiological and nuclear expert trained military physician in charge of such events. And 15 years in that field, 25 years in the military. And Major Aaron Elliott. U.S. Air Force Reserves Space Operations Officer for 17 years and Informations Operations Officer as well. And then Electronic Warfare Officer, U.S. Air Force Major John Minganet with 16 years experience in the military. America, you have a highly experienced team of military experts in all of these fields that we're going to be talking about today. And I want you to take heed to everything we're bringing up today and share this widely. We're going to be bringing up questions as well as information, but questions you and your family and your friends and neighbors should be asking all of your public officials. So listen up, this is a big one. And I wanna say at the beginning, all of our military service members are still in one way or another involved in active duty or reserve duty. And the opinions they express are their personal opinions, not the opinions of the DOD, National Guard, Army, Air Force, Navy, any branch of service. And as the host of the show, I want all of you to understand all of these courageous military officers who care deeply about defending America against all enemies, foreign and domestic, in their oath of office in the military. And their oath is to the Constitution, not to a politician. Consequently, they've been invited and have been working with Truth for Health Foundation on our Military Advisory Council as citizens of America concerned 
at helping others. They are volunteers. They are working closely with us. And all of their opinions are their personal opinions under the U.S. Constitution, First Amendment right to free speech. I think it will become evident through the show that their opinions definitely don't reflect that of the DOD or their particular branch of service. But I will leave that to the listeners to decide. And I certainly am speaking as a concerned citizen, very worried about not only what's happening to our military, but what's happening to all of us. And we are under attack from all directions. We can look at the recent episodes of train derailments that have elements strongly suggestive of sabotage, as well as prior planning. We can look at the attacks on the food supply with massive destruction of food processing plants, poultry, cattle, and pigs, producers all being destroyed. Look at the attacks on our fuel supplies. Look at the attacks on humanity with the COVID shots. And now this catastrophic chemical holocaust that's been unleashed with the detonation of the toxic components in the hazmat cars on the train, Norfolk Southern's train traversing Ohio. And then what happens when vinyl chloride, for example, is burned, and it not only produces what you've heard about with phosgene and hydrochloric acid that can cause acid rain, it also produces the chemical you haven't been hearing about called dioxin, which is a potent toxin. You'll hear more about that. And it is one that was known by the government to be toxic as a result of all of the damage from Agent Orange in our military during the Vietnam War. And you can read the book by McNulty, Waiting for an Army to Die, The Tragedy of Agent Orange, which outlines the long-term damage to the health of our military service members in the Vietnam War, which I saw as a physician practicing in Norfolk Hampton Roads in the 80s, as we were seeing veterans coming back with the consequences of dioxin poisoning. This is extraordinarily severe. You need to pay attention. And we have an expert panel today that will help to connect the dots for you. And I'd like to start with the, uh, what shall we say, um, Major Elliott, the, instead of the 50,000 foot view as the space officer, you're really talking about a view that is an even higher altitude, big picture. So I'm going to ask you to take the lead from the space in, uh, operations officer and information operations officer standpoint. Give us an overview of the connecting dots that you've been putting together with all of the observations you've made in what's just been happening. Well, thanks for the introduction, Dr. Vliet. Happy to do so. Uh, so with my own personal opinions, uh, I've been following the attacks on uh, uh, our infrastructure, like being the power substation attacks uh, randomly. Now, these things happening uh, once here, once there might seem kind of random, but when you put things together, uh, you start to notice a pattern. Um, in addition, like the attacks on our food supply, uh, we've noticed that a lot of uh, chicken farms and uh, egg producers have been having fires lately. A um, couple of reasons for that, in my opinion. Uh, specifically on the eggs, uh, it's been uh, proven through a study 
and I think that's been posted on the National Institutes of Health, that uh, eggs have a protein that can help uh, neutralize the spike protein in uh, COVID-19. And that might be one reason why these uh, egg farms specifically and chicken farms specifically are being uh, attacked and conveniently catching on fire. Uh, in addition, other food production facilities have caught on fire in recent months, all throughout the last year as well. <clears throat> in addition, uh, with uh, some of our uh, train uh, derailments, uh, the most uh, notable of which has been the one in Ohio uh, at uh, East Palestine. Um, many, many train cars there were carrying toxic chemicals uh, there. And uh, it's actually a strategic location for East Palestine because of its location in regards to the uh, Ohio uh, River Basin. And the Ohio River Basin feeds into many of the surrounding states and uh, strategic attack here uh, could impact the health of, uh, of US citizens uh, all throughout the region. So once you put all these things together, uh, you start to realize that these aren't accidents. Uh, America is under attack, either by foreign uh, entities, uh, domestic entities, or what's more probably realistic is probably a combination of both. In addition to all the uh, uh, influx of people coming in from the southern border and a bit from the northern border in the United States, now we have a bunch of uh, foreigners that we can't account for. And this would be a, a great way uh, to set up different cells to commit these attacks on the United States. And that's also has not been addressed. <laughs> Let me add to that, um, Major Elliott, 14 years, 15 years ago, we were experiencing that concern in Arizona. I live 80 miles from the border. I've worked closely off and on over at least the last 15 years with Border Patrol agents in the know, and in fact, the former president of the National Association of Former Border Patrol Officers, and I gave a number of programs together during the Obama administration with the flood of illegals across the border then, and connecting the border agents I knew and General Jerry Boykin, we all met and talked about the fact that they, and they knew at the time 14 years ago, that there were Middle Eastern terrorist cells being formed with the Middle Eastern illegals coming across our border then. So there's no question in my mind that that's exactly what has been built since the beginning of the Obama administration, and it has escalated under Biden. So I have firsthand knowledge of all of that going back years. You're, I think you're absolutely right. No, thank you, Dr. Vliet. And uh, I just wanted to make one more comment about the recent uh, UFOs uh, being the first one that uh, made the news, I think on February 4th, was the uh, Chinese uh, spy balloon that uh, had been tracked and then uh, later shot down after it traversed the United States. And the following UFOs, uh, unidentified flying objects that uh, were also uh, tracked and identified by NORAD uh, in both uh, Canada and the United States. With my own uh, personal opinion on those, uh, we'll probably get into more detail on those specific items uh, later on, but my own specific uh, viewpoint of those in particular uh, would be that uh, largely, I think it's a, 
it's a distraction from some of the bigger issues that are happening uh, right now, uh, such as the uh, stories that have come out about the Nord Stream pipelines uh, destruction of Nord Stream 1 and Nord Stream 2. Uh, uh, one of the big stories has been produced by uh, Cy Hirsch, and uh, he was the uh, journalist that had uh, published the story on the My Lai massacre back in uh, the Vietnam War. Uh, so uh, another reason I think this is a, a mass, dis a, a pretty big distraction is because uh, the NORAD commander was interviewed uh, by a news agency uh, on air, and they asked uh, for these UFOs uh, with this uh, some of the imagery of the of the or descriptions of the uh, ufos were kind of kind of out there so the newscaster asked uh, uh general van herk are these uh are these aliens and general van herk's reply was i'm not ruling anything out yet and uh to me that just seems like uh it just seems like a, a play for a, for a massive distraction uh taking us away from the important events being the ohio uh train derailments and the, and the other attacks on our food supply and infrastructure. Well, I want to comment on the Ohio attack, and I have a question for you, but it is major concern, contamination of the water, and the dioxins are not really water-soluble, but they are concentrated in the, they are lipid-soluble, and they end up concentrated in the bodies of the wildlife living in the waters, but they also are carried in dirt and silt throughout the distribution of the rivers. So the Ohio River Basin ultimately feeds into the Mississippi River and on down into the Gulf. So we have major water contamination, air contamination, soil contamination in one of the most agriculturally productive areas. Eastern Ohio, Pennsylvania, there are a lot of far Amish farming communities that are a thorn in the side of the federal government because the Amish are not under the government's control as religious communities. There are a whole lot of pieces to this puzzle that the public is not being told. But you brought up a strategic point about the train and the specific location of one of the cars. I'd like, and how that relates to distribution into the Ohio River Basin would you please bring that in for our listeners? And then I wanna get us to hear from Major Gary. And we wanna also talk about things that um, I'm, I have concerns about from the Chinese balloon overflights that were not defended. Uh, certainly. So, uh, so uh, yesterday I found some imagery, uh, some aerial photos of the uh, Ohio train accident in East Palestine like we were talking about. And I noticed that uh, uh, one thing that was pointed out in the imagery, someone else had taken a look at this uh, photo and had marked it up also. But uh, there was a uh, drainage culvert, uh, had a basically uh, easy to spot uh, landmark feature. So basically like a landmark that you could kind of aim for. So uh, one of the train cars that was right next to this culvert was an orange train car. The rest of it surrounding it were black. So it was like someone was... Uh, definitely intentionally aiming for that culvert in order to get the chemical to drain into the Ohio River to get it into the Ohio River Basin to affect the surrounding uh, states like we had mentioned. And uh, that's another reason why uh, I think it's definitely not an accident on that one. So accidents are 
they are made, being made to appear accidents so the public will accept it. We'll talk more about that in the second half. Whereas our professional personal opinions are that it has more signs of an organized attack with pieces of evidence that all of us have been able to put together and begin to collate into one big picture. Major Gary, your thoughts about all of this, because you're a Seaburn officer in the military and you understand the toxicity of things like dioxin and all of the hazmat materials in that train. Yes, Dr. Vliet, thank you very much. Uh, like we were talking before the show, uh, uh, like Major Elliot had brought up before the show, uh, we had talked about the West Virginia Civil Support Team, uh, which is a National Guard hazmat team that it came up and brought area, I'm sure they brought up area monitoring devices in the first few days of response. And that's where I'd like to go back to is the response of vinyl chloride, which is the chemical that's causing us the majority of the problem. And uh, it's from um, the website Cameo Chemicals. And uh, it draws its information from the emergency response guide, the ERG, as first responders know that. It also uh, drives its uh, information from the NIOSH, which is the National Institute of um, occupation and safety and health and then it also grabs it from the National Fire and Protection Association so it's got all the premier response guide information and in what I'm about to read and so what I'm about to read here is uh, if you had a train derailment or a truck tip over right so if you had the response recommendations on this is if you had a large spill and we're going to go with large here. Consider initial downwind evacuation for at least 800 meters. So it did seem like they performed some type of evacuation of people. And in case of a fire, if tank, rail car, or tank truck is involved in a fire, isolate for 1,600 meters, which is about a mile in all directions. I know I've heard a mile. It seems like that was actually followed. And then for firefighting, so for a large fire, and I'm going to go with that, it says to um, water spray or fog. Okay, and I'm not a firefighter, so I can't really speak to this. That's why I'm reading this document. Specific hazmat teams that deal with fire would know properly how to do these techniques. Yeah, if, it came, if it can be done safely, move undamaged containers away from the area around the fire. So this is where I'd like to go, is why, and again, there's a d debate, how many tanks of vinyl chloride are there? Because I've seen conflicting reports, and we're two weeks out now from the incident. Is it five? Is it 14? Um, we don't, I don't know for sure. Now, I know trains, ships, and trucks, they have these things called bill of ladens or manifests that you can check, and you actually know how many, uh, hazmat containers and how many fuel tanks and in other materials that your truck train or ship is carrying so I have not heard that once in the news uh, you know how many uh, what did the bill of lading say because the first responders in the first hazmat teams there would be talking about that that would be known and we wouldn't be debating it you know two weeks out so 
in with that, um, the largest vinyl chloride spill was a train in New Jersey, and it was a one tank, and it, you know it caused a <clears throat> a one tank burnoff, I believe. So that was the last time we had a major event with vinyl chloride. It was or the biggest event. It was a one tank. This is five. So this is a times five from what I'm hearing, or a times 14. Again, not sure, so I pose these questions to people to actually get them answered, especially if they're in that Ohio, Pennsylvania area. You need to get the accurate number out. And then there is regulations on shipping, um, you know, so many hazmat containers together. And then sometimes if it's a train, you space them out. You don't put them all next to each other. I don't know what the case is here. I'm not sure if they were all next to each other. Why did they have to do a controlled debt or controlled burn on it? It seems to me, according to what I just read to you, that they, they cool the tank off with water or a fog mist in the air, keep it cool, because we know that vinyl chloride does uh, it, it uh, can catch fire at you know regular temperatures. It has a you know a low boiling point. So anyway, I have all these questions to be posed. Why couldn't they have isolated the tanks like I just read there, you know, from the one that was burning? So those are uh, questions that need to be answered. Why did it lead to this massive burn-off or detonation that spread dioxin, phosgene, and hydrogen chloride? all over the place and now the more persistent of those that I mentioned is obviously the dioxin we're going to be dealing with the other two I mentioned probably happened quick and have gone away but you know we've created a problem for a long time why didn't they just uh, isolate those tanks that hasn't been explained very well and then did they follow regulations for how many hazmat tanks they haul and I've heard from several people now at this point that trains are way longer uh, than they used to be. You know, an average, I guess, 50 to 100 cars, and now they're over 100 cars. So, in and you only have two guys on that train, from what I heard, if that's an accurate report that I got, you have the engineer and the conductor. You can't really watch safety things. And we know these uh, big union, train union battles we had with the president this past fall and summer, they were talking about some of these things, safety and the people being overworked and not getting enough time off. So I think all these things play a role in this. And it's obviously now ended up in the neighborhoods of East Palestine, Ohio, and then, of course, the surrounding towns in Pennsylvania and such. And spreading to the entire Northeast Corridor. Let me close this first segment with this quote, and, and this is from the health ranger, Mike Adams, but I want to reiterate for our audience, I have confirmed these statements in my own research that goes back 30 years on dioxin and its toxicity, and I'm speaking on the medical aspects as a physician, and I have confirmed it with Dr. Gilthorpe and Dr. Yeadon, both top research scientist, molecular and cell biology, and Dr. Eden in immunology and toxicology. And I've confirmed this statement with them that they've discussed it on other whistleblower reports. But let me read you this. 
quote, the highly toxic dioxins released from the deliberate ignition of the Ohio train wreck will persist for a century or more, contaminating soils, water, the food supply for an entire region. These dioxins, which include 2378-TCDD, are so toxic that your lifetime maximum exposure is measured in less than a trillionth of a gram. Cancer rates are going to skyrocket and persist for at least two generations, possibly three. In fact, the medical, I will say, shows intergenerational transmission more than three generations. And then he ends with, this is the biggest chemical weapons attack on U.S. soil in the history of the nation, end quote. And as a physician, scientist, and researcher myself, I support that statement. And that is further supported by our other scientists and by many military and toxicology experts. America, we have a huge problem with this ignition of the vinyl chloride that created dioxin contamination for the entire Northeastern region of the United States. And I want to remind all of you, in case you haven't connected the dots, Florida had two major fires, February 16th and a day or two later involving a, a sustainable energy plant in which plastics were burned that also produced dioxin and dioxin plumes over large areas of the southeastern United States. We have no question on the team that I've pulled together with Truthwell Foundation, all of us are from overseas and in the United States looking at the connecting dots and trying to warn you urgently, America is under attack from many directions. In the second half, we're going to be hearing from electronic warfare officer, John Minganet in the US Air Force, and we're going to be hearing more from our space information and space operations officer, Major Elliott, as we talk about how does the Chinese balloon overflight that our administration did not defend and did not prevent transiting the entire United States critical military and nuclear installations. How does that play into all of this? And we wanna talk further about how does predictive programming play a role in calculatedly planning your psychological response to all of these events? We'll start off the second segment there. So stay tuned, don't go away. We'll be right back after the break. This is Dr. Lee for America with the Whistleblower Report every day, Monday through Friday here on America Out Loud Talk Radio, 12 noon and 12 midnight Eastern time. And our website, truthforhealth.org. We have so many resources on all of this archive to help you plan ways to protect you, your home, your family, your community, and get active and prepare you with resources for treatment, resources for citizen action, and holding your officials accountable. We will be right back. 
here, we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. AmericaOutloud.com, seven amazing years. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Out Loud Talk Radio, the liberty and justice for all. You already know Genesis plus HOCL is your best defense against viruses. But did you also know it's the most powerful weapon for eliminating airborne mold too? Customers are raving about the Genesis Fogger's ability to tackle mold problems and the bad smells that go with them. And we all know mold is a hazard to your health. There's no airborne invader that Genesis can't handle. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. These days, every time you turn on the news, it seems like there's a new threat to your health. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top and shoot it down, or mix it in water. Boost your immunity. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. The family of Juliana Parker sincerely thanks the Truth for Health Foundation Without their support and help, we would not have been able to get my mother out of the hospital and into my home where I could take care of her for the last few days of her life. Offering us comfort care just wasn't good enough. We knew that she could be with us longer and it was a fight to get her out. And without their support and help and their list of all the things that we needed to do to make this happen, because it definitely seemed like it was going to take a miracle. And that miracle came I look back and I can't believe that we were able to go against a giant hospital, bring our mother home. And then I just remember fall. It was so beautiful when my mother passed here in my living room and they took her away and I could see all the beautiful leaves. Anyways, thank you. Welcome back to the second half of the Whistleblower Report. Dr. Lee Farmerica here with you with our military segment and our military team. Major Mike Gary, 25 years in the military, 15 years as a Seaburn chemical, biological, radiological, and nuclear expert. U.S. Air Force Major and Electronic Warfare Officer John Mingenet, and U.S. Air Force Major Aaron Elliott in the U.S. Air Force Reserve, 17 years in Space Operations Officer and Information Operations Officer. Speaking of information, I want to share with you a clip five minutes from a recent program on predictive programming. And we're gonna talk about how that is being used against you and to shape your mind and your thoughts and control how you perceive 
all of these events. In the movie Knowing, the news reported a major oil spill in the Gulf of Mexico. A year later, the Deepwater Horizon exploded. Six months before 9-11, a lone gunman episode showed us the World Trade Center being targeted by a hijacked passenger plane. Last year's film, White Noise, was about a train wreck that poisons a small town in Ohio. This is the very same story now playing out in real life. Within a year of White Noise's release, the actual event occurs in real life in Ohio, in Texas, and in Michigan. This is known as predictive programming, and its purpose is to psychologically trick the minds of the masses into accepting major traumatic events that would otherwise be resisted. In the book Secret Societies and Psychological Warfare, Michael Hoffman describes a mind control technique known as the revelation of the method. And he writes that when the revelation of the method is performed in a veiled manner, accompanied by certain occult signs and symbolic words, and elicits no meaningful response of opposition or resistance from the target, it is one of the most efficacious techniques of psychological warfare. Sarah Elkhaldi of the Alchemist YouTube channel does an excellent job of explaining all this. According to Elkhaldi, there is a law of nature in this universe that compels the dark occult to first gain our consent before trespassing against us because they believe this protects them from the natural laws of cause and effect. They offered and we accepted, so it's all fair. A lack of response to an action is often taken as an approval of that action. And there is an old Latin proverb that says, he who is silent when he ought to have spoken and was able to is taken to agree. Silence is considered by many to be a form of consent. And so it is through a veiled performance of the revelation of the method technique that these dark occultists believe they are gaining our consent, what we know as predictive programming. With predictive programming, the minds of the masses are impregnated with visuals of a major event before it happens. This is done through all forms of media and can be very subtle so that nobody notices. But the subconscious mind notices everything and can easily be programmed through repetition. And so these controllers repeat whatever it is that they want us to accept as reality. Because these images are delivered to us through entertainment, they elicit no meaningful response of opposition or resistance. And so we accept them subconsciously. And when the event happens in real life, it is already familiar and acceptable to us, as if that's just the way it is. It's a mind trick, and it works by keeping everyone locked in a spectator state. This causes what is known as paradigm blindness, which is when a person is incapable of seeing any reality other than what they've already been exposed to by the media. This paradigm blindness will cause a person to get emotionally triggered whenever confronted with an alternative point of view that they have not been programmed to accept. It's a very powerful mind trick, and the solution is quite simple. We need to stop living as spectators of someone else's reality.
We need to start creating our own reality. And we need to remember how to say no because they offer it to us and we accept it. Well, I think that sets the stage for a number of comments from all of our experts. And speaking as a physician trained in these mind-shaping uh, methods from neurolinguistic programming and my training in hypnotherapy, it's very clear that all of this is very real and there are reams of psychological studies supporting how these techniques can be used to shape your thinking. And that was legalized under President Obama in 2012 when he changed the 1948 Smith-Munt Act to make it legal for the media in all forms to use propaganda, lies, and deception to shape the thinking of Americans. Let that sink in, America. The Smith-Munt Act was put in place after World War II to protect Americans from exactly that, propaganda, lies, and deception. And Obama changed the law in 2012. That's why you're seeing so much more of this now than we ever had in my lifetime. Let's turn back to our information operations officer in the U.S. Air Force for an opinion on what we've just heard, and we'll bring in the other members of our team further. Thank you, Dr. Vliet. And uh, I do agree with that uh, uh, clip that was played. Uh, the predictive programming aspect of, uh, of this is uh, very effective, like they, uh, like they mentioned and, and how they mentioned it. I also wanted to say that uh, with that movie, uh, White Noise, about the train wreck in East Palestine, uh, they, uh, Netflix had pushed that very hard. Uh, so the exposure that uh, people watching Netflix had on that, probably a lot of people watched it. I haven't uh, taken... Uh, any uh, statistics on that yet. But uh, even uh, in that movie, an interesting fact is that uh, a lot of the extras were actually uh, residents from East Palestine, even though the movie was filmed somewhere else. So that's another aspect of the predictive programming, programming right there, where the uh, uh, in the real life, for example, where the incident had taken place, uh, you had already... Uh, influenced, we'll say, uh, the people, some of the people that had lived there, like uh, through the filming of this movie. Uh, another thing I want to kind of get at uh, for predictive programming and uh, kind of with the real world aspect of things is uh, basically for Norfolk Southern is uh, who owned that uh, train that got derailed. Now, uh, looking into who owns Norfolk Southern, a large percentage of Norfolk Southern is owned by BlackRock and Vanguard. And uh, that's another reason why I don't think this is an accident at all. This was definitely planned. Uh, and again, the location is very strategic and uh, wide reaching in its uh, potential impact. So more rationale for this being uh, on purpose. Good points. And what I'd like to do is bring in now some of the elements connecting the dots through what's possible with that. Chinese balloon that overflew the entire continental United States. I want to talk about some of the electronic warfare capabilities that our military and the Chinese military have, one of which is the cicada drones that are little tiny devices, no bigger than a hummingbird, that actually can be released at high altitude, drift to ground, and 
settle in totally undetectable places. And if they are not transmitting, they are virtually undetectable. So I'd like to have our uh, electronic warfare officer talk about some of that capability that's unclassified. And also, because if I can find it in open source, obviously it's not classified. And then I'd like to bring in our chemical weapons expert who can talk about some of the actual capability that could be released from a balloon like that. So this is far more ominous and tied in with all of these attacks that we're talking about than what people have been led to believe in the mocking kinds of stories in the media. So let's hear from Air Force Major John Meganet. Hey, Dr. Lee, thanks for that introduction. Uh, certainly glad to be here. Yeah, I'll start with the balloon. And I think it's important to kind of look back a little ways and notice that even as far back as during the Cold War and has continued since then, uh, balloons or whatever they may be, um, whether it's our aircraft or Russian aircraft or Chinese aircraft, uh, there's a very real element to this that is at its, at its root geopolitical chess, right? Uh, we saw in the news not that much further back in history, back in January, I think it was, uh, there was a U.S. reconnaissance aircraft that was intercepted by a Chinese fighter off the coast of China. And that video was displayed to the public for them to see. And it was, didn't take too long for China to respond with their own video <laughs> of that intercept as well. And so you saw kind of this back and forth play between China and, and America. And so it's not that odd to then see a balloon come in. And I will certainly not disagree with my colleague, Major Elliott, about it being a distraction of sorts. Certainly there's uh, a lot more information behind the curtain than, than uh, is released to the general public. And so you always have to kind of ask the question, why is this being released at this time and for what purpose? <clears throat> so after that said, focusing in on the balloon, you kind of have to look at how it's constructed and what may be its purpose. And so I think as some of the images that were released, you saw what looked to be or seemed to be some solar panels to help provide that power. And so position and power uh, certainly help provide a, uh, a clue to what, what it's there to do. And so I think that that, that has to be addressed and, and that can help provide some clues. In terms of the drones and how those are going to interact with with this whole scenario, the drones, however they may be released, however they may be released, you have to look at their construction as well to give you those same kinds of clues. So if the purpose was to drift over and release drones, the construction of those drones, whether they're small or large, we certainly have drones of our own and they're so prolific over the, over the globe right now, my kid can go to the store and get one that's about the same size, right? And so you have to look at the construction of those. Do they have solar power? Power is certainly a, a part of that, and that will help indicate their purpose. And then the placement is the other factor you have to look at. Where are they dropped? Where are they placed? And then that will help give you kind of an idea of what they're capable of. And so is it to feed communications back? Is, is it to place something in that area for use at a later time? And does that have to do with electronic warfare, or does it have to do with providing an actual physical attack, as some have intimated, that it may con actually contain some sort of a payload, whether that's nuclear or otherwise chemical, uh, to then 
attack America when the time is right. All those things come into play and have to be considered in something like this. No, I really appreciate that analysis. And that ties into things that Major Gary has brought up in discussions with me from a medical standpoint, some of the the capability that exists with weaponizing various chemicals and biological agents. So Major Gary, you provided a list of some of those. So let's share that with our listeners. Yeah, what uh, what I'd like to do with this, Doc Vliet, is uh, I'm going to ex- talk about a biological agent here first, and then I'll drift into a couple chem agents. And these are the ones that I would think are more likely to be used in like a drone attack. Okay, so the first biological attack that's very, it could be likely, is weaponized anthrax. And out of all the other biological uh, threats or war agents, this one is the most probable because anthrax, you can force the bacteria to actually form a spore around it, which is a protective shield, uh, to, and it can survive for years like this. Uh, there is, I'm not aware of any other uh, bacteria or virus or any other pathogen that can do this like anthrax. And this is why it's so feared is it can actually shield itself, protect itself with that spore and be dispersed over an area. And, uh, you know, eventually it'll, it'll come out of its spore and then it'll affect people. So for a drone to be filled with, you know, weaponized anthrax uh, in those drones to go out over the countryside or a heavily populated area and disperse this, this spore forming bacteria. This is very, uh, very concerning. And then when it, you look at anthrax being spread like that, out of the three different methods, cutaneous or gastrointestinal, so one's a break in the skin, one would be if you ingest it, and then inhalation. Inhalation by far is the, is the most serious, so breathing in these spores. So a lethal dose of anthrax, of warfare agent anthrax, which is spore-forming anthrax, a lethal dose would be 10,000 to 12,000 spores. And again, um, it's so tiny. This bacteria is just bigger than one micron. It's between one and two microns in size, which is extremely tiny. So it'll only take 10 to 12,000 of those. And then, of course, you would break out in signs and symptoms uh, within one to six days. You know, the different literature has different incubation periods, but I'm going to work with this one I have in front of me. One to six days would be mild mild symptoms, abrupt onset of fever, non-productive cough, chest pains, and then sweats. And then once you really get deep into these signs and symptoms, they start coming on heavy you only have about 24 to 36 hours uh, and then you're, you're going to die. And when you, it's inhalation anthrax, it's pretty much death. I, I don't know of anybody that's ever survived it <clears throat> in, all the, in all the study that I've done. So anyway, that's my biggest concern is anthrax would be spread in a payload. And again, the drones could vary in size. They could be extremely small to be more of like an assassination thing. Or they could be bigger drones to drop bigger payloads to get larger populations. So that that is the one that jumps out at me, and it could be dispersed as a power powder on the air and spread, uh, you know, and that's very concerning. Now I'd like to move into the two 
chemical threats. Um, the first one being fentanyl. And, uh, you know, I find this one more likely than like the nerve agents and I'll address the nerve agents after fentanyl. So if you picture a penny and, uh, the beard of Abraham Lincoln on the penny, if you could cover his beard up with a dot, that's about a lethal dose of fentanyl. Okay. So for the listeners out there, you see that it's extremely, uh, potent and deadly. Okay. It's certainly not as deadly as dioxin. Again, we only need like, uh, if you take the aspirin pill, I think it was very good. The show we did the other night and take an aspirin pill, break it into 32 million pieces. That's what it takes of dioxin. So what's going on in Ohio is definitely more concerning for, for toxin wise, but let's work with Abraham Lincoln's beard. That's enough. That dot would be enough to kill you. I was looking through some stats here on fentanyl. And again, we're talking about dispersing it from a drone, but however, it is coming across the border, which was mentioned earlier. In 2011, 2012, we only had 3,000, little under 3,000 overdoses of fentanyl a year. We're now, 2021, we're looking at nearly 70,000 uh, fentanyl overdoses. And I'm hearing the current stat I heard just the other day was we're losing 300 people a day to fentanyl overdoses. And that works out to be 90,000 a year if it, if it keeps that average up. So uh, this is by far easy to produce, right? So, you know, it's produced in labs in other countries and you can, and you can change the chemical formula just so slightly so it can be undetectable to the newest ways to detect it. And uh, so there's a lot of different analytes, as they call it, or versions of fentanyl out there. And you can make it in large quantities, cut it with a, another powder, and you could disperse it, small drones, big drones, and still be very effective whether you're going to hit uh, small crowds or assassination type or big crowds. So that one I find likely, and it doesn't, and it's more likely to survive sunlight and, um, and weather conditions. So I find that very likely to use. And then we could move into um, actual chemical warfare agents and looking at them, you know, from a drone payload. So you got small drones, big drones, even big drones, unless they're huge, uh, you would have to have nerve agents to really be, um, to, sp to spread enough stuff to, to hurt people. Because quite often in chemical warfare agents, the, the weather plays a role and the wind will blow it away. A lot of your uh, nerve agents, like sarin and solmon, will blow away on the wind and they won't be very effective. So then you're looking at the more persistent of the nerve agents would be like your VX. However, uh, you know, those are more like oily substances and they're viscous so they would probably stick coming out depending on how they're sprayed or dropped they're going to be sticky coming through a nozzle they're going to be hard to press through a nozzle and they're going to be hard to just drop so that's why i don't find nerve agents to be very likely with a drone attack not saying there isn't some other technology i'm not aware about that they could use to get them spread but still 
uh, I find fentanyl very likely in a chemical attack. Now I'm going to throw one last thing out there. This is just food for thought. Binary weapons. You know, you could mix two chemicals and we must keep this uh, as a running thought too. They could spill a chemical somewhere and then drop another chemical on it to make something far worse. So let's not forget about that. No, I think you're, you've brought up some critically important points because fentanyl can be aerosolized and we've already talked about hydrochloric acid and acid rain as a complication of the detonation of the vinyl chloride in, in the Ohio train disaster. Well, fentanyl can be aerosolized. And so we need to consider what you've just said about fentanyl in that if that were released from something like the balloon, fentanyl rain is also another possibility. And what I want to get all of us listening and all of you thinking about is if this were done in a way that causes sudden death of large numbers of people, it would be obvious that it were an attack. So when our team of military and me as a physician bring up other possibilities, it, it to me, just thinking common sense, if the goal is to cause damage and destruction, but not reveal that it's an attack, then it makes sense to focus on things that cause slow, undetectable long-term damage. And that brings us back to dioxin and the damage from the Ohio train disaster and the burning fires in Florida. The damage from dioxin isn't a rapid toxic effect that causes sudden death unless someone has respiratory damage from COVID, unless someone has damage from the COVID shot, then you're going to see synergistic damage and accelerated risk of sudden death. But for the most part, dioxin produced a long and lingering decline in health and cancers and endocrine damage that emerged over many years. So it's much harder to detect. America, I don't think there's any doubt in our minds as we look at the big picture, connect the dots, sabotaging food, fuel, opening borders to terrorist criminals and drugs, allowing Chinese balloon overflights of our airspace in ways that had never happened in my lifetime. No country allows that airspace intrusion. Never have we seen that. The COVID shot damage as a bioweapon, and now the chemical devastating environmental damage, particularly from the Ohio East Palestine train disaster, and all of the questions that have been unanswered, all of the ways in which it appears that was an orchestrated attack, and then combined with the fires in Florida that also raised suspicion of an orchestrated attack. Plastic pots sitting on a manufacturer's yard on pallets don't spontaneously combust. The fact that two acres of plastic pots sitting on pallets suddenly burst into flame, I'm sorry, that defies common sense. And that had to have been industrial sabotage or worse sabotage. And that it quickly spread into five acres of a blazing inferno of plastic pots. That's not how that normally unfolds. 
America, wake up. Please listen to what we're saying. Start holding your officials accountable. Start doing your own research and start digging into what's really happening all around you. As it said in that predictive programming video clip, we have to stop accepting this as the norm. Just say no. Start holding your officials accountable. Sign up for our alerts and we'll be sending you treatment options, resources, and town hall opportunities where you can ask your questions of a team of experts. This is Dr. Lee for America, thanking our military service members for their service to America and thanking all of you for listening, sharing our information. Sign up at truthforhealth.org and join us every day on the Whistleblower Report on America Out Loud Talk Radio, 12 noon and 12 midnight Eastern time. And we will be back tomorrow. God bless all of you for listening. God bless America and may he have mercy on us with the attacks that we're facing. We are stronger than the evil forces coming against us. God is sovereign. All of you stand up, be silent no more, and let's stand for the truth.